I am so excited, again, just to continue in the book of Acts. I love this book. I love uh, how the book of Acts shows us how to live today as followers of Jesus. You know, last week, we learned how to be bold as lions like the disciples. We learned that we really have nothing to fear in sharing Jesus and, and what he's done in our lives. We learned that we cannot manufacture this boldness, but this boldness comes from the Holy Spirit who lives in us. It's the Holy Spirit who gives us the ability to share what Jesus has done. We don't have to have practice. All we need is the Holy Spirit, you guys, and he'll give us opportunities every day. Well, this morning, the, the message is centered on chapter 5 in Acts. And if some of you did your homework, you, you read this, you kind of know where we're going with this. But the title of the message is Open Hands and Open Hearts. As I was thinking about today's message, I began to think about how we as a church are becoming more and more like the Acts Church. This Community Sunday offering that we will be doing to bless others in our community, that's exactly what they were doing in the book of Acts. They were selling their stuff. They were bringing their stuff. They were blessing people who were in the body of Christ and outside of the body of Christ. That's who we want to be as a church. Maybe we're already there and we're just going to get there furtherer. I like to make up words. You'll notice that at some point. But this is who God has called us to be as followers of Jesus and as the People Church family. And, uh, and again, encourage you to be thinking about what you could give that second Sunday of the month. Here's a, a great one to think of. Sometimes people say, oh, pastor, I just don't even know what I'm supposed to give. If you have a pet, give whatever it is you spend on your pet. Still feed your pet. I'm not saying to stop feeding your pet. But give whatever you would spend on your pet and, and bless people in our community and people in our church who have need. Well, who can remember a time that you blessed someone else? Who can remember a time you blessed someone else? How about, can you remember a time that you blessed someone else to the point of sacrificing your own wants and needs, your own desires, just to bless them? Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand again, but I want you to think on that. Do you remember a time when you've blessed someone and you sacrificed in order for that to happen? You know, if we can't remember that, then we need to get ourselves to that place. We should be able to remember the last time we sacrificed to bless somebody else. That should be part of who we are as followers of Jesus. You know, in, in one of our former pastorates, we had a family who was always so secretly eager to give. This family would bring the tithe into the storehouse. They gave to missions. They gave to benevolence offerings for the community. And then what they'd do besides that, we had a building fund. They'd give to the building fund. These people gave, 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 gave. And then they'd contact me during the week and they'd say, Pastor, is there anything we can give to this week? I'm serious. Now, these people weren't the richest people in the world. They, they were rich, but they weren't the richest people in the world, but they always had everything they needed. And whenever there was an opportunity to give, they were there. They were giving. They were a part of that. But they did it secretly. Nobody knew 
that was happening except for me, their pastor. We also had another family in that same church. That family made sure everyone knew how much they gave. I'm dead serious. Small community, and uh, that family owned most of the businesses, most of the properties in that community. They were the movers and shakers and the controllers of the direction of that town, and they were doing the same in the church. That church had stayed less than 30 people for almost 30 years. You see, you had to have the right name. You had to have the right position in the community. There were several things that you had to meet the criteria of this particular family in order to be a part of that church. They used that to control the church and the people for many years. And they made sure everybody knew that they had control until I got to be there and I found out what was going on. And I didn't allow them to do that anymore. I didn't say you can't give. I said you can't be in control. And they were very upset about that, upset to the point that the husband would come into my office on a Monday morning. He would say, Pastor, unless this person stops speaking in tongues and this person stops prophesying and this person stops dancing in the spirit, unless you stop all of that, I am taking the money I give and I'm going to bury this church. I'm leaving. I'd only been a pastor a few months and I have to tell you, I didn't have a lot of wisdom to gain from, but the Holy Spirit gave me the words and I said, you know, if you really believe that's what God's telling you to do, who am I to tell you not to do it? But I want you to know, I don't think that's God's will or his plan, but if that's what you think it is, but know this, as long as I get to be the pastor here, there will be people who speak in tongues. There will be people who dance in the spirit. There will be prophetic words because God's word says that's what happens when you come together to worship. It's normal. It's expected. And so that's what they did. My board freaked out. <laughs> Pastor, how are we going to make budget? And I said, I don't know how we're going to make budget, but God knows, and it's going to be okay. And I'm not kidding you. I was freaking out a little on the inside myself, but I knew that that was what was supposed to happen in that situation. And interestingly, they did what they said they would do. They left the church, and and the church struggled a couple months after that. But within a couple months, there were 11 new families who were giving more than that family ever gave. And they were excited about what God was doing in the body, and they wanted to see God do the miraculous in their presence. And so the church from that point just exploded and grew as a result. Know this, the church is led by the Holy Spirit, not powerful fame-seeking people. And I'm going to say it a second time, the church is led by the Holy Spirit, not powerful fame-seeking 
seeking people. All of that story to lead you into what we're talking about today in God's word. These first couple verses, you're not going to see on the screen behind you, but you will right after this. And I'm just laying really the the groundwork for our message today. When I read these two verses in, in verse, or I should say chapter four of Acts, there's a heading at the end of the chapter in the last paragraph in my Bible. It says, the believers share their possessions. The believers share their possessions. In verse 34, it says, there was no poverty among them because people who owned land or houses sold them and brought the money to the apostles to give to others in need. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and he came from the island of Cyprus, he sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles for those in need. You see, the early believers understood everything they had, everything they had came from God and belonged to God. That was their attitude. Everything is God's. And so now if everything's God's, we don't have to have control over it anymore, do we? God can make sure that not only we have we need, but what others need as well. So they said, Jesus, I'm all yours. Every part of me, everything I own, everything I will ever be, that's what these early believers were saying. They were so in love with Jesus, they couldn't imagine holding anything back from him, and they couldn't imagine not loving and encouraging others who were in the body of Christ. Brings us to our story today in chapter 5, and that will be behind me on the screen. It says, There was also a man named Ananias, who, with his wife Sapphira, sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, but he claimed it was the full amount. His wife agreed to this deception. Then Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished. And after selling it, The money was yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and he died. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. Can you imagine? Then some young men wrapped him in a sheet and took him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, was this the price you and your husband received for your land? Yes, she replied, that was the price. And Peter said, how could the two of you even think about doing a thing like this? Conspiring together to test the spirit of the Lord? 
Just outside the door are the young men who buried your husband, and they will carry you out as well. Instantly, she fell to the floor and died. When the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear gripped the entire church and all others who heard what happened. Why was this moment in the church so important? You see, all of God's word, all of the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit and it is good for teaching. It's in here for a reason because there's a lesson for us to learn here. And it's not that God has intentions to strike you dead. I mean, I think as a, as a new believer, when I first read this story, I was like, whoa, that is strong and scary. But it's not intended to be a scary story. It's intended to teach us something about our hearts and where they need to be. You see, Ananias and Sapphira came with deceptive hearts. They colluded with each other and they said, you know, Barnabas is getting all kinds of acclaim for what he gives. Everywhere we go, people are saying, Barnabas, Barnabas. We want that acclaim too. So let's sell this piece of property. We won't tell anybody what we got for it. And then we'll give part of it and we'll tell them that it was all of it. And everybody will be going, Ananias, Sapphira. They were looking for a claim. They were looking for some of the glory that obviously shouldn't have been theirs with the deceptiveness in their hearts. They wanted to draw attention to themselves and they attempted to lie to God and the other believers. I love where Peter says, how could you lie to the Holy Spirit? You know, I was having a discussion with one of the, one of the people on the worship band this morning just before service and we were just talking about the Holy Spirit and his presence that he's always around us always in us and it made me think about there was a book called The Shack years ago that great great book Um, this is not a theological treatise I'm not endorsing every word in the book but I'm telling you there's a part in the book that was so powerful that spoke to me and I was like whoa that's good and that was the part where I think the guy's name is Mac And he is actually, something happens, and he makes a statement, and then the Holy Spirit is there, and Max says, whoa, I didn't know you were there. And the Holy Spirit says, yeah, I get that all the time. (laughs) What a kernel of truth, you guys. The Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, lives in us. The same Holy Spirit knows everything about us, in us, what's going on around us because he's God, he's Jesus, he's a part of the Trinity and he knows. And yet Ananias and Sapphira are like, well, let's just not tell the Holy Spirit we're gonna give this amount, Right? And then I begin to think about this story and and I think, doesn't it seem harsh 
for God to slay them for only giving a part? I mean, after all, isn't that what you and I do? We give a part? Well, here's the difference. Yes, we do give a part. Hopefully, hopefully you took me up on the challenge I gave you last Sunday. If you're a person who doesn't tithe yet, begin tithing. Tithe for the next 90 days. Write down every time God blesses you. And at the end of the 90 days, if you can come to us, you can come to me and say, I, I did not see blessing in my life. We'll just give you your tithe back. And I will tell you, over 20 years, no one has ever come to me and said, I didn't see blessing in my life. In fact, they thanked me and said, thank you, pastor. I'm going to continue to do this. See, it, it, isn't, it isn't, it's all about our heart. It's, you know, if we're giving to get recognition, if we're giving to, to get a pat on the back, whether we're doing it for ourselves or we're getting someone else to give us the pat on the back, guys, that's the wrong heart. That's not the plan. You know, the tithe, that just belongs to God already. That's just his. It's not even ours, that first 10%. Read God's word. It says it belongs to him. When we give to missions or we give to, to like community day offering like we did today, that's over and above the tithe. Again, as the Holy Spirit leads, you will find that when you do that with the right heart, you will find that God will pour out blessing in your life like you have never seen and you cannot explain. And sometimes it's financial. Sometimes it's healing. Sometimes it's protecting your stuff. I think about the house that we loved in Iowa, that we lived there for 12 years. And when we got there, the furnace and the air conditioner were already old. We lived there 12 years and we just maintained them, but we never had to replace them. I have no idea how old they are. And as far as I know, the people who are bought our house, they're still working for them today. But I believe part of that is because of God protecting us because of our faithfulness. And he'll do the same for you. You see, the problem, again, it's, it's not about the amount of the gift. It's the motive when we give. And we can't do what Ananias and Sapphira did and lie about what we give in order to get public acclaim. You see, they, they weren't honoring Jesus. In fact, they really weren't even concerned with furthering the kingdom. They were concerned about getting recognition for what they did. That's what was in their heart. And that's why this story is in God's word. It's a warning to us, as it, if it were, to say, Watch your heart. Make sure you know what the motive is for doing what you're doing. And that can apply to, to financial giving. It can apply to serving. It can, watch your heart. Why are you doing what you're doing? So this brings me to the outreaches that People Church does and we will continue to do. You know, in our former church, we were asked the question often. Actually, in both of our former churches, we were asked this question. Why don't we get more recognition from the paper 
Or why don't we publicize what we're doing? And I want to share with you in God's word why we didn't publicize what we were doing. In Matthew chapter 6, if you go there with me, and it will be on the screen in just a moment. It says, take care. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired because then you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give a gift to someone in need, don't shout about it as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I assure you, they have received all the reward they will ever get. You see, we won't, at least as long as I get to be your pastor, we won't promote ourselves on purpose. Because God's word says we're not supposed to. He'll do the promoting, you guys. We don't have to worry about that. If we focus on building the kingdom, God will take care of us as a church. And we'll grow like crazy and we don't have to advertise what we've done. You know, it, it makes me think about this. And I was reminded of it in our first service. And to tell you the story, you know, that first little church that we pastored when there were less than 30 people within the, the first year, we had grown significantly after those 11 new families came. And in that particular community, there was, there was no outreaches, nothing being done on Halloween. And so we decided as a church, we're going to have a harvest festival. We actually called it Kids Fest. And that was, we opened the church up and we said, hey, there'll be games, there'll be candy, there'll be hot dogs. We just want your kid to have a safe place to go. That first year, it was pretty poorly attended. Pretty sure there were less than 50 people. My wife would probably tell you it was even less than that. I'm not sure, but I, I know it was less than 50 people. But over time in that community, our last October that we were there, the last time we did Kids Fest, there were over 500 kids. And this is a community of 5,000, you guys. There were over 500 kids and their parents that came to that event. And we became known as, whenever someone would run into me on the street downtown, oh yeah, you're the pastor of that church that does everything for the community. Guys, that was the only thing we did all year for the community. But in people's minds, it was everything. And we didn't advertise it as, hey, come to Redwood Falls Assembly of God. It was advertised as Kids Fest. And on that flyer was the names of all the businesses that provided the candy, the hot dogs, the, all the stuff. We promoted those businesses from the community and said, come to this event, bring your kids. It's a safe place for them to go. You see, we don't have to promote ourselves. God promotes us when we do the right thing, when we have the right heart, when we do it in the right spirit. And if we're doing outreach to gain acclaim from people who are watching, then we need to repent, you guys. If the reason we're doing something is because someone else is going to notice we're doing it, 
That, that goes for giving. It goes for outreaches in the community. It goes for serving here at People Church. If the only reason you're serving in a spot is because people will notice, guys, you, you really need to think and pray about that. You got the wrong heart there. We want you to serve because you want to serve, because you feel a passion to do it, which, by the way, I'm just going to put the plug in there, which I didn't in the first service. We need people to serve in kids' ministry. So if you love kids, there's an opportunity. Not because you have to, but if you feel the Holy Spirit leading you, there's an opportunity for you. There's, there's places all over in the church, but don't do it to be noticed. You see, for, for Ananias and Sapir, the problem wasn't their sinful, selfish thoughts. It was the fact that they acted on them. Guys, we all have selfish, sinful thoughts. Well, maybe not you guys, just me. It's when we act on those things that it's an issue. And that's what happened with Ananias and Sapir. They wanted the acclaim. They wanted to be known. They wanted to be recognized like Barnabas. And if you read more about Barnabas and you say to him, Barnabas wanted no recognition. He wasn't interested in anybody knowing what he was doing. It says uh, his name meant... Uh, encouragement. I would guess that there were other things Barnabas was doing besides that that was encouraging people because his heart was right with God and he was doing what the Spirit led him to do. So, So is the lesson then we shouldn't tell people what we've done to honor God? I would say to you, If it's our goal to promote ourselves, then yes, we should stay quiet. If that's our goal, if that's our heart, then we need to stay quiet. But remember this as well. False humility is as destructive as blatant pride. False humility is as destructive as blatant pride. It's about him. It's not about us. There's a short video I'd like you to watch with me.
God's word is full of the encouragement to give, give, give. And you cannot outgive God. I'm not just, again, talking about our finances. I'm talking about all of the gifts that he has given us, all the skills, all the abilities, all of the opportunities. When we give freely with an open heart and with a right heart, we never have lack. We have what we need, you guys. So what does this mean to you? I think, I think the Holy Spirit would ask you the question, would ask me the question, do you have open hands and an open heart? Are you giving for the right reason? And are you giving sacrificially? Open hands means saying, here you go, God, it's all yours anyway. I know that you're going to take care of me. Can you remember a recent time when you gave your time and or your money to bless someone else without recognition? And I would encourage you, I would even charge you with this. If, if you can't remember a recent time when you gave your time or your money to bless someone else without recognition, it's time for that to start happening in your life. Because when that happens, again, you will see God open the doors of blessing in your life. Those people will be blessed. You will be blessed. And we, not just the people church, but this region will become the book of Acts church that it's meant to be. And what is your motive for giving to others and to God? I, I, I will admit to you... <laughs> As a young believer, I didn't start tithing until about three months in. That's when I learned about tithing. And at the beginning of learning that process, I, I'm not going to lie, there were times that I did it because I knew I had to do it. But as time went on and as I continued to tithe month after month and then to begin to give to missions, and that actually for me it took years later before I was like, okay, I already tithe. I don't... You know, why do I need to give to missions too? But once I began to give to missions as well, I began to recognize the blessing I had been missing in my life. And I began to, it, it became a get to instead of a have to. And I'm also not gonna lie, I hate to pay bills. Anybody here love to pay bills? I hate to pay bills. And Pamela hates to pay them even worse than me. Now, we pay all of our bills, so don't, don't misunderstand that. But I, I'm the guy who gets to pay the bills. And so because of that, I get to write out the checks, and I get to write out the tithe check. And I want to say to you, man, when I write out that tithe check each month, I'm like, yes, God, you did it again. When I pay the bills, and I go, Yes, God, you did it again. It has nothing to do with me. And when we get to that spot and we recognize it's all his and we go like this with it, it becomes a joy to give. It becomes a joy even to pay the bills. When we recognize it's not ours in the first place, we're just here to steward it 
for him. So what are we going to do? I, I encourage you to stand up and we're going to close and I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing and encouragement over you. Father, I pray that we would continue to develop open hearts and open hands as a church. God, that we, each day when we wake up, when we spend our time in your word, when we're in your presence, that we would say, God, what do you want me to give today? Who do you want me to bless today? God, give me an opportunity to give today. Holy Spirit, help us to look for opportunities to bless our city, to bless our region as a church, and especially if we receive no acclaim. Father, we are here to build the kingdom, and we thank you for the very small part we get to play in that. Thank you for the honor. Thank you for the privilege God, we thank you for the opportunity to be stewards of what you provide so that others can be blessed, others can be encouraged, so that others can come to know you as Savior. God, I ask today that you would bless these. Lord, I ask that you would encourage them, that you would strengthen them, provide for their needs. God, that you would heal them, those who need healing in this place even that they would leave this building and they would notice a manifestation of healing has taken place. God, we look to, we long to give you the glory and the honor and the praise for doing the miraculous in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen.